Hello everyone, how's it going? Happy New Year to all, and welcome back to the Multicast Show. This is your host, John, speaking. And today, well, first of all, before I start anything, I hope everyone has had a very good New Year. Hope everyone has set goals. Um, hope everyone has set goals for, for, for their New Year and you know, got some New Year resolutions. Um, and you know, let's look forward to 2023. We got a lot to look forward to in 2023. Hopefully everyone else does as well. So, you know, let's get into it. It's, you know, it's early. Start fresh. You know, whatever happened in 2022 is, is, is history now. So just put it behind you. So that's what we're going to do. That's, at least on this show, that's what we're going to do here. So today, today's show is going to be about, without, without being said, today's show is going to be about um, my per. So I saw a good amount of movies this year. I believe I saw 12. 12 movies. So... We're gonna. I'm gonna rank them from. I, I, you know, it's a, today's today's show is gonna be about me ranking the movies that I saw this year. Which movies I hated. Which movies I loved. Which movies I thought were okay but disappointing. So, with that being said, what we're let's get into it. So, I really debated if I wanted to go from best to best to worst or worst to best, and I figured I was like, you know what? Why not go worst to best? You know, that way we end on a positive note. Because, you know, because I don't like talking negative about anything unless, I, you know, unless I absolutely have to. And in some of these movies that, I'm, that are on this list, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, be a little negative with because, you know, those are my true feelings. So with that being said, so I I don't like ties. OK, but for num- like I said, I saw 12 movies this year, but number 11, the worst movies, the worst movie I saw, that's that's not is the for for for, for the movie I ranked the worst. But these two movies I saw this year were so bad that I couldn't put one underneath the other. They had to be exactly the same. And I'm talking about Halloween Ends and Thor Love and Thunder. Um, yeah, both movies were hot garbage in my opinion. I don't know what the hell they were doing when, when they sat in the writer's room and they actually thought, you know, this is a spoiler, and when they actually thought... Um, because I'll be getting into spoilers too. Sorry, and they actually thought that this was the acceptable approach to to t- to take these characters from these franchises. So, th- so let's we'll talk about Thor. Thor is the Thor: Love and Thunder is the fourth movie. Hey, get it? Thor four. It's a tongue twister, but it's the fourth movie in, in, in the Thor franchise. I think the the only, with the exception of the Avengers, with the only um franchise that has f- four of the same movies of of four movies. Everyone either stopped at a trilogy or, 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 or two or three. So, basically, Thor Love and Thunder, it follows, it follows Thor, and then basi- basically the gist is Thor, he's trying to figure out who he is after the events of Avengers Endgame. And, and then, you know, he's, and then basically Christian Bale, he's like, he, he, he plays this god killer, and he's going around, he's killing all the gods, and Thor's next. Um, because, you know, because something happened to, uh, something happened to Christian Bale's daughter and the gods didn't take care of her. So that was, so Christian Bale's like, okay, the hell would I'm, t-, you know, he somehow gets this magic sword and then now, now he's automatically a badass for some bizarre reason. But anyway, first of all, we're the, and, then, and then he takes kids to draw Thor out and then Thor, um, Thor, um, oh my God, uh, Thor, Valkyrie and Lady Thor, um, which, which marks the return of, um, Oh my God, Natalie Portman's character—I forgot. Oh, Jane Jane Foster. 
they all have to come together and they have to stop Gore the Gore the God Butcher from killing the kids and 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 destroying all the gods in the world, right? It's so poorly executed. It's so bad. The comp Taika Waititi he directed Thor Ragnarok, which I thought was a vet was a step in the right direction for the Thor character, and basically. What they did, they it, to me the real arc of Thor was he's not just some big dummy, you know, with with with, with, a, with a hammer. He's a very complex character, and they did that, and they really did a good job with Ragnarok, Infi- Avengers: Infinity War, and Avengers: Endgame. But with this movie, like you know, like it's such a like four thousand steps back into what he was. Now he's this big dumb idiot who doesn't know anything at all, like. Like, you know, he's not, like, badass. He doesn't do anything that's, like, cool, you know? And, and like, just his character. He, he's, he's not... It, the movie is oversaturated with comedy. Way too much comedy. And I read somewhere that Marvel gave Taika Waititi a little bit more creative control. I mean, that obviously helped with the Oscar he won for Jojo Rabbit. You know, which, I guess, on paper would make a little sense. But what he did with this movie, they it was too much comedy. So, do you guys... Do you remember Screaming Goats? Screaming Goats was like a big, it was a big internet sensation like years ago, and they have these two goats in the movie that are that are transporting them from like point A to point B, and all they do is scream. It was funny the first or second time, but dude, they scream at least like eleven times in the movie, and it's so annoying. I'm like, I didn't find it funny the second time, let alone the eleventh time. It's so bad and what they did with, with with jane foster like yeah okay yeah the cancer thing that that could have worked but it just didn't like like the dialogue in this movie is so cringe so cringe the one-liners are terrible the whole eat my hammer that's really terrible um and the fact that they wasted one of the best actors working today christian bale is is, is a sin that's a sin that's terrible. How do you waste Christian Bale? He's barely in the movie. They explain all the cool stuff that he does is all explained through exposition, which is terrible. That's not how you write a movie. And quote-unquote Oscar-winning director should, and, and writer should know that. But it's the exact opposite. And, you know, like, like I said, that's just a, you know, the movie's poorly executed poorly and poorly directed. The action scene, the, the, the CG, you know, the, the action scenes are, like, forgettable. This movie, to me, th- this might be... This is probably the worst. This might be the worst MCU movie of all time, or at least like 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 the like at the very bottom. It's like this, and maybe maybe like Captain Marvel. Um, but yeah, the, I think this might be. I think this movie angered me a lot more than Cap. I've never been angry at a movie before. Like I know I've been angry at certain movies, like like you know like Spider Man Three and all. But that's a story for another day. But. Um, I never really been like upset, like my like my insult, my intelligence was being insulted. I felt that a lot watching Thor: Love and Thunder. So so yeah, so that's why I have it at the bottom. That's why I have it tied with Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends could like was so disappointing, but disappointing and so poorly written and directed. The acting's all right, but but still though, it's like it's not even it's not even a Michael Myers movie. It's so terrible. Like you have, so at the so like so this is the third movie of a, of the of a trilogy. This ends the Laurie Strode and Michael Myers rivalry, right? You would think that, but no. For some bizarre reason, they introduced this new this new character called named Corey Cunningham, and basically 
Corey Cunningham, he has like a dark past. He accidentally killed a kid. It, it, it was an accident when you watch the movie. You know, he um the, the kid's playing pranks on him. Uh, he he's trying to unlock the door. He can't get it out. When he finally locks the door, he he hits him over over the railing on this on this really tall house and he falls to his death total accident you could you know the you as the viewer can see that it was an accident he has no evil intention whatsoever so years go by and Corey cunningham he's got you know he's like you know he's basically jet you know the whole like the first like half hour of this movie is setting up this character Corey cunningham and basically um he you know, he, he he's basically the town misfit. No one likes him. Everyone's picking on him. Everyone calls him a killer or whatever. Then he meets Laurie Strode because he, he gets in an accident. He cuts his hand. And then he goes to the hospital where Laurie's granddaughter, Allison, is there. And then they somehow fall in love for, you know, for because she's stitching his, up his hands. That was poorly done. And you don't know what they're doing with this Corey Cunningham character until he meets Michael Myers. And Michael Myers isn't in the movie until like maybe like 45 minutes into the movie. And he look, he grabs Corey, and he looks into his soul, and he like tilts his head, and like he sees all these like it, basically Michael Myers has powers now, and he can look into people's souls, and he can see all the things they've been through. So he let him go. So now basically it's like a pro, it's like a teacher and student type of movie. Michael Myers is apparently after surviving getting jumped from the whole town, is now apparently a weak little pussy bitch. Oh sorry, I don't, I don't like the curse. I'm sorry, I don't like the curse. He's a weak little weasel. He can't do anything. He's afraid. He doesn't... Like, Michael Myers is barely in this movie. This movie was set up to be the the epic conclusion of Laurie Schroeder versus Michael Myers. It was none of that. Until the last 20 minutes of the movie. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. And then, you know, like, Corey Cunningham, he starts doing all these evil things. And granted, he wasn't evil at all until Michael Myers saw him. All of a sudden, he flips the switch, and now he's, like, killing people and all. <coughs> like, if I'm rambling here, it's because the movie makes no sense. They they should have built... I don't understand how they built how they build up to, to an epic conclusion of, of Lurie, two iconic characters, Laurie Stringer and Michael Myers, going at it. And they, they instead, they make... Instead of going... You know that meme where, you know, the person's going straight onto the road, and then they see the exit, and you see the car in front making a really, really hard right turn to go on to that exit with this movie it's like they did that but they, they they turned they went completely they went completely backwards instead of making the right off the exit so so basically you know like Lori Stroh she's like she's like oh yeah I've seen the evil in Corey like I see it evil in Michael Myers she's telling her granddaughter because they're in love and you don't buy the love story it's total BS and, and and apparently and here's the part where I actually got very angry with the movie because like I said you know, the I don't really get angry with, with movies, but Thor Love and Thunder and Halloween Ends definitely brought me to my breaking point. It's when Corey goes back to the cave and he's like talking to Michael Myers and they ha- and Michael Myers obviously isn't saying nothing and they have an argument and Corey, Corey basically bodies Michael Myers. He takes his mask and that's it. Rule number one, it's Michael, it's freaking Michael Myers. You don't just overpower, a teen, a freaking a scrawny little kid does not just overpower Michael Myers. This guy is a beast. I don't care. It's been four years. He hasn't been. He hasn't been in Haddonfield. I don't care. He's had more than enough time to. He- if people want to say, "Oh yeah, well he he got jumped, so he needed time to heal." Four four years, really. He needed four years to heal, and he's still and he's still he's still very weak. BS. I don't believe that for a second. 
terrible. If you if you use the excuse to defend this 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 garbage movie, then eh, all power to you. Unfortunately, but he takes his first of all, and you don't take his mask. That's so important to Michael Myers. He just lets him, and that's it. Then he then Corey he starts going on a killing spree in Michael Myers' mask for no for no reason whatsoever. Then, like, I know I talked about this movie before. I'm just doing a quick little recap. And then he goes to Laurie Strode's house, and then he tries to kill Laurie for some bizarre reason. Then Laurie kills, um, Laurie shoots him, and then out, and then her granddaughter Allison's like, oh my god, I can't believe you did this. But then she runs away. Then Michael Myers comes back into the house after being bodied by Corey. Then Laurie and Michael have a pretty, I will say this though, even though the movie's hot garbage, the, the ending fight between Laurie and Michael Myers is very brutal. I'll give him that. And and then basically Allison comes back and for some reason then she's like oh well hey I'm here to help and then um then they they put Michael Myers through like the shredder and they shred Michael Myers' body to basically be like okay this and there's no way he can survive this he's definitely dead forever and then the movie ends and that's it movie was hot garbage Halloween ends is hot garbage Thor: Love and Thunder is hot garbage. Oh, I forgot to say, Jane does die at the end of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, but it doesn't mean anything because the movie was so bad and you didn't really care. Like you know, it's like they brought her back for after years of being absent to kill her off. Question mark. I don't understand that. Maybe develop it a little more. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, I don't understand how people like Thor: Love and Thunder, but you know what? Those are those are the two worst movies I've ever seen. I, I've seen this year. Okay, so now, with, with number 11 being tied for those two pieces of garbage, now we are at number 10, with, and that belongs to Jurassic World Dominion. I had a lot, and look, I enjoyed Jurassic World 1. I thought it was a pretty solid movie, a nice little entry into the franchise, and I was excited to see where it went. Fallen Kingdom was, was okay. It was a step below, but it was okay. But it set up something really cool for what the third movie could be, and that's what the director, Colin Trevorrow, wanted to explore. How do people and dinosaurs coexist? Because, you know, because the dinosaurs all get released at the end of uh, um, Fallen Kingdom. And basically, that's that whole plot line is completely ignored and not even explained at all. Because now, apparently, there's these bugs at these la- at this lab that, that, that they're causing, like, like, chain reactions all over the world. And they got to, like, figure out how to stop them. The, 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 uh, they're locusts and all. So they gotta figure out how to stop. They gotta figure out how to stop them. So they bring. So it's it's the original. You know, you you have the cast from, from from the new movies. You have um a Chris Pratt. You have Bryce Dallas Howard. And you have the little girl character, and then now you have um. N- 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 then they bring back the original cast. They bring back um, um. They they bring back uh, Jeff Goldblum as Ian. They bring back Sam Neill as uh. As um, uh, Dr. Alan Grant and um, oh my God, I forgot her name. Uh, Ellie Sa- Ellie Sadler. I, I oh my God, I cannot remember. I'm so good with act- actors and actresses' names, but yeah, they bring them back to basically explore. And then you know, the, you know, the movie's got some decent action in it, right? Um, you know, the little girl gets kidnapped, so that's how you know, and she gets brought back to the lab. And then she basically, you know, and then obviously Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are the parents, so they got to save her and all. And that's how they meet the original cast. And, you know, that was a pretty decent movie. The movie's got some decent action scenes in it. Like, but overall, it's like it didn't live up to what it could have been. You know, like none of the, you know, they didn't even do anything cool with the T-Rex. 
I mean, he's in the movie, but they don't do anything cool with him. You know, and that was kind of a fail. Like, I, I wouldn't call the movie hot garbage, but I wouldn't call it... I, I wouldn't lean towards the department that's good. It was very... It was kind of disappointing. So, it, yeah, it wasn't a good movie. So, so there's that. Um, and number nine... Um, and, and number nine, uh, Doctor Strange and... Doctor Strange 2 into the Multiverse of Madness. And I had a lot of high hopes for this movie. I was like, what they do, because remember, this is, this comes out a few years after the first Spider, after, um, uh, this comes out the same year, I'm sorry, a few months after Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, uh yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was great, which introduced the multiverse in terms of, you know, all the different characters and, and superheroes and all, because, you know, they had Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come back. So this movie was directed by Sam Raimi, and I was like, oh my god, the possibilities are endless. Like, what could they do with the multiverse? So many different things. And the movie ended up kind of being, like, a dud to me. Like, yeah, it had some cool moments. And, you know, I saw an IMAX. It was pretty... I really enjoyed it. I'm mean, sorry. The IMAX sequences were pretty good. But just as a plot, the movie was... They, they were hyping this movie up. And they didn't really deliver on, like, all the multiverse stuff. Yeah, you got to see a fan casting that people have been wanting to see for a very long time with uh, John Krasinski as um, Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic. I thought that was nice. I'm not really, I'm not really as, I mean, I think it's a good casting. I'm not really as hype as everyone else was, though, with it. But I was like, okay, it was pretty cool to see that. But just, you know, Wand, you know, it was really cool to see Scarlet Witch after what happened in the events of uh, WandaVision, because I thought WandaVision was a hell of a show. Really liked that. Really like how they, you know, how that was kind of like a stepping stone to this to make Wanda the villain. And then, you know, Doctor Strange, he's dealing with, um, you know, he's trying to protect this girl, America Chavez, who's got these powers. She can teleport from, like, multiverse to multiverse. And Wanda, Scarlet Witch, wants her because so she can go to a reality with her kids. And, you know, you kind of somewhat understand that, but the way she's going about it is all wrong. Um... So, so yeah, so, like, so, so, yeah, basically, the movie's them running from Scarlet Witch most of the time. And Scarlet Witch does some pretty cool things. She basically, you know, it was cool to see um, Patrick Stewart back as Charles Xavier. I really like to see that. She basically killed all of them. Um, she killed, uh, it was cool to see Peggy Carter as uh, Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, I think it was Monica Rambeau as, um, oh, my God, I forgot, I, I, I as um, no, oh my god, I'm 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 kind of losing. I'm sorry, I, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, see all those characters back. It was pretty cool to see, um, these actors play different roles. So you know, like I said, you know, she kills all of them, and they, you know they're 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 establishing Wanda as a badass, which we already know. Um, we are, she, 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 we already knew she was bad. She, she almost killed Thanos and the Russo's almost confirmed it, basically confirmed it. So, so yeah, they basically, like what they did was like, they applied all that to the movie, but it just didn't work. Like, I don't know if that's Sam Raimi's fault. I heard, I did hear a lot of it. Some of this movie was cut out and maybe it was, I mean, maybe we do get the Sam Raimi cut of this movie, you know, and I heard Tobey Maguire was going to be in it. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. But, yeah, this movie was kind of... This movie wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything good. It was like... It was like whatever. It was average. Very very average movie and kind of disappointing. 
So now that we're at, now that we can start talking about the good stuff that I see because because I only because I only saw like like I didn't really the movie most of the movies that are on this list I enjoyed it's just you know, those four that I mentioned I just really didn't like so now I went to t- I took my little baby my baby sister to go see this movie it's a DC Super Pets it was really it was really cool because you know you you had Dwayne Johnson as Superman's dog the Rock um, then you had Kevin Hart. As like as you know, and a bunch of other really cool actors that they were they were playing these other roles, and basically, like you know, like he he play he plays Superman's The Rock plays Superman's dog Crypto, and he basically you know it's him and Superman, and he doesn't want Superman to like get engaged or anything. He doesn't he wants to he wants exactly everything to stay the same. He doesn't want to move on with his life, and you know it's like you know he loses his power. So him and the other dogs they got to team up. They got to save the Justice League because they're all captured by by Lex Luthor. And, all, and you know, like I thought, it was a, it was a really it was a cute movie because you know my sister liked it, and it had a really nice message. It's like a because I'm a big pet owner, so you know I, I really I thought this movie was good. I, I I enjoyed it. That's why I have it at um at eight in my list. And number seven is a comedy movie, one of the only comedies that I that I seen this year, and that's a Jackass Forever. I grew up watching Jackass since the early two thousands when I was little, and I probably shouldn't have been watching it then. So it's so it is what it is. But my parents let me watch because I guess I was mature enough not to do the things they were doing on TV. I actually I was one of the few people who listened to the message where it says warning the the something the show is performed by professionals. So this is the fourth movie in the Jackass franchise, and obviously it's just you know it's just the, them doing stunts and pranks and all. It's just really funny. It's a good laugh. You 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 know these people. You know you've been watching them, these people for years on television on television. So, so yeah, so, you know, it was, it was a really funny movie. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Some of the stuff I still can't believe they do, you know, I, I liked it. It was fun. So Jackass Forever goes on, uh, is number seven for me. <clears throat> number six is Ambulance, a Michael Bay movie. And Michael Bay is one of my favorite directors working today. He does he does big action movies very very well. And Ambulance is about a movie about two brothers. They hot they rob a bank because one because one of the um because you know a family member needs surgery and they got and they got to you know obviously you know it's a cliche we've seen it a million times. But the movie itself was really cool because they use this new uh, drone technology where they hire where they got like a drone champion, of a, a, a drone flying champion, and they had him come in and like utilize all this new technology that they had for the movie at all so it was really cool he got a lot of really cool angles it's basically a chase movie these these people are getting chased by the police uh, you know jake gyllenhaal and i forgot the other guy's name you know and then then there then there's this uh this paramedic she's she's in the car she's in the uh um she she, she unfortunately becomes part of the part of the chase because you know because uh she she's trying to save someone she's trying to save another cop in the back seat so, so you have that intensity going on throughout the whole movie. Is the cop gonna live? Is the cop gonna die? And you know, then you got the two brothers. Will they make it? Will they not make it? Um, the movie, yeah, the movie was, yeah, it, you know, it was a traditional Michael Bay movie. Had a lot of good action, good, good, good camera angles, good action sequences. You know, I thought, you know, I thought it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie a lot, actually, um, for what it was. And you know, say so, so, yeah, that's why I have it as a number uh, number six ambulance. Really good flick. Number five, we're in the top five here. Number five, uh, Elvis. 
I grew up, I mean, obviously Elvis died way before my time. But I grew up listening to Elvis with my parents. Um, Suspicious Minds, you know, you know, like Jailhouse Rock, Hound Dog, all these great movies. All, great movies, all these great songs. And, you know, I really, you know, and, and now they made it into a movie. And um, Austin Butler did a phenomenal job as Elvis Presley. If he does not get nominated for an Oscar... Even though I don't think the Oscars hold a lot of value anyway, but he easily should get nominated for an Oscar. He really like he so basically he he, he perfected the voice so much that his real voice actually changed and he sounds more like Elvis than, than he did before in the movie. So yeah, so Elvis was uh, the movie. Elvis was really good. The first like thirty forty five minutes in the movie, I was kind of I kind maybe if I watch it again, I'll enjoy it more. But I was kind of having a hard time getting on board. But after that, you're like, okay. Like, now I'm officially on board. You, you know, at least for me. I, you know, Austin Butler did a great job. Tom Hanks is in the movie. He plays his, his, his very, very, very shady manager. Um, who basically sucked Elvis dry for, for all his money. And he couldn't fire him because all the money he owed him. And, you know, basically he screwed Elvis. And some people say he killed Elvis. But, I mean, you can make the argument drugs did that in this. Yeah, I don't think you could put you could point the blame on one person. But the movie does not paint the um, uh, the, the, the Colonel Tom Parker in a very good light. Um, so he's dead and he can't really defend himself right now. But the movie itself, was I thought it was very well done. They did a really good job with the music scenes. Austin Butler not only perfected his his mannerisms and his movements well, not only, also the voice, but the singing was amazing. It felt like I like when he was singing some of his songs, I couldn't tell. I was like, they gotta be playing the song in the background, right? This can't be him. But I looked it up, and it really was him singing. So man, and and you know, and the ending was pretty good too. I really liked how he sang, how they closed off with Unchained Melanie. I thought it was really good. Because um, that was his last performance, and I thought they did justice by that. Um, but yeah, Elvis was a very I like bio, mu- music biopics. I really like them a lot. Um, you know, movies like Walk the Line and all you know are all great. But but yeah, Elvis is definitely up there. Really enjoyed the movie. That's why I have it as number five. And number four was actually the li- and, and on number four was the last movie I seen on the list. What and that is Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out. And I really, I loved the first Knives Out. I loved how clever it was, the, the writing, the directing, everything. Ryan Johnson did a great job with these. I, you know, so I was really excited to, to watch. I was originally going to go um, to see it in theaters, but the movie theater, the, the movie theater that I was that 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 are closest to me, they they weren't showing it, so I had to wait until I had to wait until this month to say it. So it was okay, but Glass Onion. Very, very good movie. The cast is great. You had Edward Edward Norton, um, Edward Norton Jr. You have um, um, uh, Daniel Craig is uh, as um, you know, the 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 best detective in the world, Benoit Blanc. Um, you have um, oh my God, uh, Kate Hudson is in it. Um, a lot, lot of real uh, Dave, Dave Batista. Um, you have a lot of real. It's a good cast. Good cast, and you know the whole mystery of the you know the who done it. It's always fascinating me. I really like these kind of movies, and this movie does, you know, does it very very well. Um, 
because you're constantly like, oh, who did it? Who did this? Who did that? Like, oh, oh, it's definitely this guy. He's the killer. Oh, no, it's this girl. She's the killer. Or it's this person. She's the... So, yeah. So, and the, and, sh- and the movie is filmed very well in terms of, like, like when, when they show flashbacks of people doing things, it happens, right? It happens as you're watching it. So, if you go back, if you rewind it and you see, it's like, all right, for example, like, one scene when they show, like, one person talking and they have their their bag near the back you can see and then then when they show in the flashback uh, of another point of view they, they throw something in the bag and then when you go back and rewatch the original scene you see someone putting something in the bag but you gotta look closely um and you know all the all the little details that are, like really add up you have you kind of have to pay attention and all and i just i, I really like the, the tone of these movies they're really you know they're really good ryan johnson does a very good job with this. And I hope he never stops making these kinds of movies because I will pay to see them every time. And I heard he's writing Knives Out 3 already, so that's spectacular. So I cannot wait for Knives Out 3, whatever that movie's going to be. But yeah, Glass Onion, really good movie. Definitely recommend it. You don't have to see the first one, but you should. I mean, it's it's a different cast and it's because it's a new case, but just to get to know the main character, Benoit Blanc. Uh, played by Daniel Craig. Really, really good. I love his accent. <laughs> okay, so that is number four. Number three. We're in the top three here, ladies and gentlemen. And just to let you know, I love all three of these movies, by the way. This is very, this is very hard. Well, one, well, three and two were. Number one wasn't so hard. But number three is Top Gun Maverick. Um, I, I, I love the first Top Gun movie. I really, you know, like I grew up watching it when I was younger because it was always on TV, you know, with my parents and all. So yeah, so so this movie, you know, it, it follows um, it follows Maverick. Um, yeah, he's still, you know, like he's still the flamboyant, you know, pilot. He's still doing crazy things and all. So now he's got to teach the he's got to teach the next he's got to teach the next generation of pilots, you know, for this mission. And one of them is his part is his former partner, uh, goose is his son rooster and goose, unfortunately died and, and all. And there's like, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but there is like a history between, um, uh, uh, Maverick and, um, and, 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 and rooster because, you know, Maverick does something that, that he's like, he's like, why would he do that in, in the past? You find out in the movie. I mean, you know what? No, no. He pulls his papers so he can't fly on a mission because he's afraid. He doesn't want anything to happen to him because he feels like he has to do right by Rooster. So his mom told him to do it, but his mom's dead. He and Maverick didn't want him to hate his mom, so that's why he told her. That's why he just said he was the one who did it. So yeah, so th- there's that there's that conflict that builds throughout the whole movie. But the story, it's it's a solid story. But what really, what's really great about this movie is the the filmmaking. The filmmaking is 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 where it's at, because all ninety like eight percent of everything that you see in the air, like with the jets, is all practical and real. You they really had those actors up in those F eighteen Super Hornets, you know they were all there. You saw you know like so everything you're seeing is real, and that and the camera angles they use like that made it. I saw the movie in IMAX and it was it was awesome in IMAX. I really, you know, like they really took advantage of these IMAX sequences, like to 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 the thing. So, so yeah, so like the action was really good. I, I love the jet stuff. I, I like I like jets. They're they're awesome. 
Um, the movie was really good. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. The guy is one of the biggest... The guy is probably the biggest movie star in the world at the moment. Either him or The Rock, but probably Tom Cruise. And he does everything. He wants to do it as real as possible. Look at all the Mission Impossible movies. The guy is his own stuntman. He jumps off buildings. He, he, you know, he does all this, all this crazy stuff. You know, and you know, he just he wanted to make it look real. And I can really appreciate that as an audience member because I love when filmmakers aren't just jerking people around. And they're like, hey, it's here CGI accepted. But no, they do it for real. Like they could have easily made this movie a CGI fest, but no, they wanted to do it. They wanted to do it for real, and Tom Cruise pushes the envelope with that. And you know, and I always, and I respect that as a, as an audience member because audience members because that's why this movie's made so much money because they could appreciate the fact when they're being treated to a unique experience. And Top Gun Maverick is a, is is an experience. So yeah, so Top Gun Maverick, really good movie. I really hope they make a Top Gun three. I don't know how they outdo themselves, but I hope they do. Um. So yeah, Top Gun Maverick is number three. Number two. Avatar The Way of Water. Avatar 2, the sequel, the highly anticipated sequel um, to 2009's uh, highest grossing film of all time, Avatar. Now, let's talk about this, okay? I could understand why people weren't, were, were somewhat sour. Well, well, you know, we're kind of like, it was like, oh, it's been so long, I don't really care anymore. And I can get that to an extent. I can get that. But but I, I was looking forward to it. You know, James Cameron, he makes movies for the movie theater experiences. This guy is probably the biggest pioneer in the history of uh, uh, of the of direct of directing in terms of like pushing the envelope. What can you do? Because like the guy makes bigger big movies better than anyone. You know, I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time because that's subjective. But he's you can't you cannot ignore that the impact that his filmmaking and all of his you know. His research and, and everything has done has had on the film industry. So Avatar, I saw the first one in IMAX 3D when it came out, and it was amazing. It was unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, so so I was like, how could they? How could they top what they do in Avatar One and Avatar Two? But I saw Avatar Two, and yeah, <laughs> they topped themselves in every single way: character, story, action. The CGI is amazing. The water sequences are beautiful. I know I, that's a that's a word I, I that's a word I don't really throw around with, with movies, but the movie is beautiful. The see the, the cinematography is incredible. I can't really say anything too. I can't really say that many negative things about the movie, honestly, because everything's well done. Like I really, you know, it follows basically, you know, J- so the I, the villain from the first movie, Colonel Quaritch, is is back and he's in, and he's in Avatar form. He he's ahead of the Navi, so he's got all their abilities and all with his training. So that makes them more of a threat than they ever were before. And they're hunting the Jake Sully family because you know Jake Sully and his family basically killed him. And now Jake Sully's got he's got a, he's got he's got three he's got four kids. Yeah, four four kids. So, you know. And the movie, it does a really good job. And, you know, they got to run, so they don't put anyone in danger. So they go to this water village, and they learn the way of water. Um, and basically, what it does is it expands on the world. And it really takes its time by slowly building the world and all the creatures up as not only animals, but characters that you kind of feel bad for. 
So when when Quaritch and his team, when they finally go there and they do something really, really messed up to one of these animals, you're you're completely you feel hurt by it and you're completely on board with the fact that you know the Navi, they want revenge and they want it now. So so yeah, like there, there's a few I can't remember the names of it. I think they're called Tolkien's. But but yeah, so so like there there's some whale creatures that deliver some really good action experiences. And the 3D I saw it in 3D it was the greatest. It's the best movie to ever utilize 3D. And I said this, I'm not talking about crowd reactions, but this is the best in terms the best viewing experience I've ever had watching a movie. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, crowd reactions are different because that goes to Avengers Endgame and then Spider-Man No Way Home. But in terms of like viewing, like watching the screen and, and, and seeing everything, Avatar 2 easily takes the cake for me. In terms of, you know, because the movie was at, I, the water stuff was incredible. Like James Cameron really pushed the envelope big time with this movie. And like if you, you have to buy the world of Pandora, otherwise you're not going to like it. And that's okay. Some people don't like it, but the box office, you know, and there's a lot of people who are like, who cares about blue people? Who cares about who cares about Avatar? Blah 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 blah. Well, the movie just crossed one point two billion dollars worldwide the other day. So I I think it's safe to say that a lot of people care about quote unquote blue people. So so there's that. You know? And this is and keep in mind, this is without the help of China, because they're dealing with COVID surges and lockdowns. So, so this, so there's that. Imagine how much this movie, this movie probably would have made two billion by now if China was, um, if if China didn't have this COVID surges. But they're still making bank without it. But yeah, but and the thing I love about Avatar too is like it's its own story, but it also plants the seeds for um, for the uh, for, for 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 the next few movies, like because you know the direction they're heading in, and it's gonna be super sweet. I cannot wait for Avatar 3, 4, and 5. Hopefully this, you know, hopefully James, uh, I, can, I, I I said it back in 2009, I'm saying it in 2022. I don't know how James Cameron tops himself with technology in the next one. I really don't. But you know what? We'll see. Uh, if, if anyone can do it, it's James Cameron. That's for sure. Avatar 2 was amazing. I really enjoyed the movie. I, I loved this movie. A lot more than I thought I would. So, so there's that. And number one, my favorite movie of 2022, The Batman. This movie has been anticipated since for 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 all, for. A, this is another anticipated movie, um, for a, that was anticipated for a long time. I didn't even think this movie would get made at one point because you know when this movie was announced, it was at the whole thing. It was in the whole speculation. Of, oh, are, are they are they not doing Ben Affleck's Batman? You know. Um, is it a different Batman? No one knew what was going on until they finally said, yeah, this is a new Batman set in its own universe. And I was like, that's unfortunate. I remember saying, I was like, that kind of stuck because I, I was at the hype of, you know, when Batman or Superman came out and I really wanted Ben Affleck to get his own Batman movie. And then, you know, unfortunately they scraped that and they went with this. I'm like, why are they doing this? But looking at how the DC, you know, the D- DC kind of, you know, unfolded, I'm so happy that this is how, this is, this is the turnout that we got. Because this movie was great. It, it, it was it's me. It's the second. It's my second favorite. It's the second best Batman movie behind the Dark Knight. But I think this is the best Batman story that they've ever told. Because Bruce Wayne, he's the thing I love about this. One of the things I love about this movie is that Bruce, Bruce Wayne's barely in it. 
he's in it, but he's not there. Because he's so... This is a different take on Batman. Because he's so into being Batman, he forgets who Bruce Wayne even is. Like, he's dealing with all this anger and frustration, depression and, and everything. He's dealing with all that, and he's using Batman as like a as more of like a like a like a catalyst to um to basically feed you know like feed feed those urges and all and you know he and he's two years in he's he's young the cops don't like him only Jim Gordon likes him um the Gotham thinks he's a lunatic no one really understands no one really understands the Batman at all and he doesn't even understand why he's doing it like he's doing it like he he gets it but he's he's not he's not the symbol that he that he wants to be. Like he even says it in the beginning. He's like, he you know he he's like um, he's like I can't be everywhere. He's like crimes. He's like crimes up. Even though when I'm out here doing this, so so like he's not the symbol that that he that, that Gotham needs him to be yet. But this movie is a very good character study because that's exactly happening. He goes from not being the symbol to being the symbol, and and all. Um. Also, so so yeah, Robert Pattinson was was a great choice. To, Matt Reeves did a great job, um, with, with this whole movie, and he did a great job casting Robert Pattinson because he was a great Batman. I really love, I love his Batman. He's he's like a combination of like of a of a Ben Affleck and Christian Bale. He's all he's scary, and he's also he can also fight really well. But and you know the cast is really good. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Um. Who uh, Colin Farrell was as Oswald Cobblepot, the, the Penguin. Um, um, Paul Dano was the Riddler. That was a great choice. Paul Dano was the Riddler. It was a it was very good, very good villain, very smart. They inspired him off of the Zodiac Killer, and it really shows because he's creepy. He's very, very creepy. I thought he I thought he did a really good job, and I would like to see him again down the line. But, but the movie, yeah, like, and then. The fight scenes were really good. The whole mystery, you know, all the riddles and stuff were fun. Uh, the movie's also pretty violent. Like, you know, pe- people die in, like, some brutal ways in this movie. But, but yeah, like, the, but, like, just the cinematography is top-notched. Gotham looks like an absolute um, shithole. I don't like to curse that much, but that's the only word I can like use to describe it. Gotham's terrible to live in. You would not want to live there. Um, you know the whole the whole mystery behind who did it, who did this, and who did what shines a lot in the movie. Um, you know, like, there's this one scene between Bruce and Alfred where they're having like a heart to heart moment, where he's like, "I felt like I mastered all that the fear, and I thought I wouldn't have to feel that any again, any any more again, any more again." But but now he's, but then he sees out for her, and then all that stuff came back to him. So he, it's showing that he does, in fact, care. He does have a heart. He does, he, he does have a conscience. And at the end, and like I love the ending of this movie because you know it's it's in the stadium and the Riddler he's trying to flood the city and the but the Batman's try, he, he he's you know and he's trying to kill all the politicians in in the stadium and all with the red with the Riddlers with the Riddlers goons and shit. So I love when, basically, like I, mean, I interpret this this way. So the stadium that everyone's in, it's getting flooded. They're in the stadium, and and basically, Batman he like almost like he runs, he flies over to this to, to this to this electric wire that if, if it hits the water, it's going to electrocute everyone in the water. 
And he basically takes off like his uh, his symbol, and he cuts it, and he cuts the wire, electrocuting himself. He falls into the water, and he comes out of the ocean, of the of the ocean, of the water. And he's basically like almost like he's reborn in a sense. He goes over, and he he's helping people now. He's helping them get out. He, he he's helping them get out. You know, and, and he's helping the new mayor get get out, and and he's saving all these people, just trying to guide them to safety. And then he's on the roof and he's holding this like this little girl, either a little girl or a lady. It's kind of hard to tell, but he's holding her. He's taking her to National Guard because she's she's really hurt. And then he puts her down, and he doesn't. She doesn't want to let him go. She's like holding. She's like, no, please don't let me go. Like I feel safer with you. And he got. And he kind of like he you know he puts his hand on her hand and he basically gives her like a head nod. He's like and he's basically saying that it's okay. Everything's gonna be all right. And all, so that was him transforming to the you know to the to the scary menace who just prowls around the city, to the symbol of hope that Gotham needs, and I can't wait to see how they explore that more in the Batman too, um because that that's currently being written right now, um it should be due out in twenty twenty five. Unfortunately, we have to wait a little bit, but you know what? All good things are some things are worth waiting for. So. So yeah, so the Batman was my number one movie this year. I thought it was great. It was it was phenomenal. It was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. So, with that being said, that is my list of my favorite movies this year. And I will and I hope you guys have a very good day. This is the end of the end of the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good New Year. Um, if you guys are listening to this, um, take twenty twenty three as as being like reborn again, where you can just cleanse everything and you can rewash everything and you and you're all good to go, and you can look forward to this new year and do great things. So I appreciate you guys sticking around. I will see you again for the list next year. Have a good one.